blame Canada. Hi. I'm Twinkle Motherfucking Toes of the Miami Motherfucking. And who are you? <laughs> and I <laughs> always roll a seven <laughs> when I play the dice. I'm Jamal. <laughs> Welcome to Black to Our Roots Classic. Ba ba ba. I can't. That's the boss level of Super Mario. Right. I can't wait till we get sound effects. <laughs> Those are sound effects, girl. We don't have sponsorships. That was shit. <laughs> you know, well, I can't wait till we get a machine. <laughs> Pull up the drum sound on YouTube. Okay, and we can be just like <laughs> we can just we can be just like the editors of Canada's Drive Race. <laughs> Because we know those girls live for a sound effect. Well, I, I own a shade button. I should bring it over. Every time you start recording, I keep forgetting to bring one. Bring it over here. Also, oh, like the little rattle? The... Girl, when I went to DragCon, I was on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to meet a damn drag queen. I wanted that fucking shade button. I was ready to buy four of them. I only bought one. Okay. Because the meet and greets are expensive, mama. But, um... Yes, so let's get into episode one of Kanata's Drag Race. And the way we're going to do this, we're not going to pretend like we don't know what happened, girl. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you the real tea, and we're going to talk about our first impression. So, out the gate, intros, this is the first first, uh, episode of Canada's Drag Race, and the first queen into the room is, what's her name? What's her name? Melissa. I thought it was Teresa. Uh, Well, apparently it's Priyanka. Yes, God, on brain the entire time in this beautiful bodysuit with her name across it and this wonderfully crafted question mark. I gotta give, you know, if you pay attention to the details in your props, you will go Mm -hmm. home. And she very clearly paid attention to that. And she's only been doing drag for two years. Yeah, yeah, which was surprising to me. I mean, not surprising that she'd only been doing it for two years. Um, But I guess uh, the confidence and the trajectory of her in the competition uh-huh. um yeah yeah because she very it's interesting because priyanka at times does give off like new queen energy yeah um in addition to the big p energy. in addition to the big p yes well you know she's also serviced by the fact that she's a television show yes yeah, right, so. right right so she's got that that training and skill right which I think serves her really well, and I'm very. I I have heard I'd heard about Priyanka prior to the show, didn't know anything of her work, but I did remember looking at her photo in the promo. And I was like, oh, this thing is gonna go far. Mm. Yeah, all I knew is that she um fixed Nina Bonina Brown's vagina backstage in the show one time. Her vagina or her vagina? <laughs> you, you gotta distinguish between her the two. vagina. Yes. Yes. Mm. Which is. <laughs> what I call it because I am your OBGYN. <laughs> um, up next is Alona Burley, who is establishing um, immediately that she's an Instagram girl. She is all about the monochromatic look. I think she looks fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will tell you, I am not in love with her <laughs> from the first set of interactions. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, well, I think that, I think that she represented what we would get pretty well because she is like a millennial and loud and a party girl. It's kind of like a... uh, I don't think she's a millennial, actually. I think she's a Gen Zer. Oh, well, that's interesting because she gives off big millennial energy. Um, She gives off big 
Gen Z energy. Actually. And you think so? Mm-hmm. I think so, but you know, sound off in the yeah. comments. <laughs> that sound off there. Um, yeah, I mean, she gives like that energy of just like, okay, well, I this is like the girl, um, uh, and adore of uh, adore Delano's like squad of you know drunk party bitches. Um, uh-huh. she's the one that holds the phone, and <laughs> I live for a big cape. So the sheer amount of big capes that came into the workroom, I was here for. Right. Um, I was not here for that nose ring. That disturbed. Well, you know, I thought it was fine. I was not bothered by it. It was cute. I love the monochromatic look. I think monochromatic always it can work well if you have fashion mm-hmm. so this is what I was talking about earlier uh, on some of our other episodes about how I do know that Alona has the ability to turn a fashion mm-hmm. look because she looks fantastic here even if it is just an on trend yeah. which you have to say that it is what it is she can t- they can turn it I'm sorry they can yeah. turn it I was so. disturbed however with a phone being thrown because I can't imagine just throwing my phone half assedly like that I think it was a Look, I know. Just, we know it was. They aren't allowed to have oh. phones. It was a candy right. phone. That <laughs> was a Pez dispenser. <laughs> All right. Next, up next into the room is Kiara. She is the first French Canadian on the sh- uh, to walk into the workroom. Mm. Um, apparently, that is a big thing. <laughs> she is also only... Two- what? It well, is. you know, the first, the first are a big thing for the Canada's Drag Race girls in general. There are going to be a lot of I'm the first this and I'm the first that. You're right. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm the first to ask a PA for it. Okay, I'm the first one to go to the craft <laughs> service table. This is historic. <laughs> I'm I'm the first girl on Canada's Drag Race to watch HBO Max. <laughs> right. I room that with question. <laughs> uh, she comes in this cute pink bodysuit. I think she looks wonderful. I think this is the best, one of the best times I've seen her makeup. Really? Roll the beautiful bean footage. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a problem with Kiara. I thought that the eye makeup was a little loud, but, you know, hey. It's your entrance look. You don't come in looking like, you know, you're doing a Jada Pickett Smith. I mean, yeah, but you still come in with some, like, element of, it just seemed, it seemed a little amateurish to me. And see, I had the impression of the next queen who walked in, which was you you like that? giving this this Victoria's Secret fantasy. Did not realize Juicebox is the same age. You like that? Uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought the wig was a little flat, but I also think that Juicebox is beautiful, and we get to see her in the finale. Night and fucking yeah, night. I mean, yeah, it, the look didn't serve her. Um, it was kind of like a hodgepodge of different uh, elements just thrown together because I didn't think that that like mesh uh, number went with those wings and then the wig was kind of flat uh-huh. it, and then she got stuck so it was kind of like mm. let me tell you something about me and queens with tights <laughs> either I think they're an important element but as some, if you're going to if you are going to wear pads but if you're going to just be a body illusion girl where you don't really have, um, where you're going to use your your own personal mm-hmm. body, that sounded super strange, but like not use um, as much padding, 
just do your regular regular body. Like I would have much preferred to have seen that on her mm-hmm. skin than to have seen it with a uh, um, with a tight. Yeah, because I think that all I think that also cheapened the look because they weren't. There was a nice ply of feather on those things. Mm-hmm. And I think the jewelry look, the the uh, that that sort of um, bikini situation was cute. It was serviceable. She could have used a bigger wig, but like I can honestly could say, one, she wouldn't have gotten fucking caught, and two, if she had just not worn those damn uh, tights, it would have served her a little better in terms of this. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that looking back, I can completely see how this foreshadows her trajectory in the competition. <laughs> I said the same thing. I was like, let's get through the rest of these. So the next one is Anastasia. Yes. Into the cowboy aesthetics. Yes. With the <laughs> but you know, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it because one, mm-hmm. it, it looks like it's beautifully executed. I knew she, from, I don't even, before she even said it, I just knew she was a pageant. Yeah. Before she even said it, I knew she was a pageant girl. And I have such a big crush on Anastasia. You don't even know. <laughs> I also, I also knew that she would soon be getting letters from Vivacious's lawyers. <laughs> Vivacious's lawyer, or yes, Asia? because she comes in talking about call me the mother this and mother that. And I'm like, Vivacious <laughs> is somewhere sitting behind, <laughs> like a sewing machine, going, "Bitch, don't try it." <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> don't try it, mama. <laughs> She said, Ornacia, give me your immediate. And now they go to uh, Ornacia JD, and uh, she has to send her a cease and desist for saying, I'm right. mother. Oh, God. Uh, well, I always say if I go on the drag race, I'm going to go in and say, I'm um, mother. Kill, Mel. Well, that's different. But I mean, so Anastasia's look is fine. Yeah. yeah. I will tell you that I thought she was going to eat the girls up the way she walked into the Well, room. a lot of the entrances and the reactions to queens were not, uh, uh, you know yes. what I mean? Equivocal. Didn't try. Yeah, it, it wasn't congruous with what actually happened, which is the thing about Drag Race, right? You can be good at drag, right, and a well-known queen and get on and completely, like, futz your, your Drag Race run. Right, because not everybody's supposed to be on Drag Race. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought she looked wonderful. Um, up next in the room, and I, like I said, rewatching this uh, made uh, all of the difference because up next in the room, Rihanna is Lemon, who who is wearing a recreation of Rihanna's Met Gala 2015 look, which yes. was um, a, a, basically an ode to uh, Asian cultures in fashion. Yeah, uh, that's not the exact name of the exhibit that year. But that is what it was. And so this is a piece that is a recreation of a piece that uh, Beyonce, whoo, Rihanna wore on the run, uh, on the red carpet. That was fantastic. Girl, I, when I was like, like thinking about what I was going to say, I had said juice box, lunch box, out of the box, litter box, cat box, eat the box. I said everything but motherfucking juice box. So we're going to have some. We're going to have very interesting show today. Uh, <laughs> um, I thought she looked wonderful. I, my first thought when she came in was... This is a fantastic recreation of this Rihanna look. It's not quite the, the same garment, but it's beautiful and it's long. Yeah. Um, she's upon second review. I can see her confidence immediately, and that's why I'm, I was so happy that she stuck around for so long. Um, 
And two, I was also thinking, how the hell is she going to be on the show if she lives in New York? Because she's from Canada. Right. But so I have so many questions about, like, the domicile rules on this <laughs> I have so many questions about Maybe she has dual citizenship. I need to, I think one time I did download the application just to see what was on mm-hmm. it because I have no boundaries when it comes to this television show. It's Oof. ridiculous. Um, I, I'm going to look into that. I was just wondering why, like, why, if you, okay, I get that she's from Canada, duh, but like, why not? do U.S. Like, when Nikki Maybe Dahl she couldn't get all the U.S. Uh, fucking Brooklyn Heights, wherever she was staying at the yeah. time. I mean, I guess I'd do the same thing, too. I'd have a better yeah, shot. Yeah, I mean, maybe she couldn't <laughs> get all the U.S. Also, I, I live for the fact that in any season of Drag Race, the New York bitches will show up, and that is just... I know the other girls have to just be <laughs> sick of it. We are in a whole nother country, and here comes a bitch <laughs> from New York. Well, you know, I heard that Shaquita Hall is on Drag Race. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Shaquita? No, nah, I know Shaquita Lee. I know Shaquita Lee too. She is legendary. Uh, but I'm talking about Shaquita Hall, who is an opera singer <laughs> in New York. She is iconic. Uh, she has a wonderful Instagram too. Mm. <laughs> uh, up next, we have Scarlet Bobo walking into the room. Uh, Everyone describes it as a weird clown, mm-hmm. which I didn't get at first. But what we're seeing here, too, with the entrance of Scarlet Bobo is there is very clearly a slant to the Toronto Queens. And I look <laughs> back and look. What do you mean? I didn't realize that so many of the girls were from Toronto. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until they said it later in the season. But, like, I didn't realize like, that was supposed to be, like, the episode. Yeah, but they also started taking hits real quick. Oh, <laughs> this is on top. Tonight, <laughs> girl. Tonight. <laughs> one by one, they get plucked off. But yeah, I didn't realize uh, that, like, just how many of them were, like, all Toronto. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Pranaka right now. She paints a very interesting eye. Um, <laughs> no, it's beautiful. Uh, but it, it's a tricky one because I don't think she does a whole. She doesn't do a whole lot of. Um, she draws her. She draws her eyebrows so high, so she has all of this canvas, and her uh, paint on her lid is always quite. Fine. Yeah. Um, up next is kind. We learn that she is. She comes in in this black and white number. To me, it's giving me Hello Dolly meets like new wave eighties uh, situation. Uh, it's cute. She talks about how she taught 100,000 people how to do their makeup on the interwebs, which shout out because I do rely heavily on those YouTube tutorials to learn how to do my makeup poorly. Um, And then also, but she doesn't talk about her TikToks where she talks about math, which she does really well. Well, I mean, she can only do so much. I think that the kind's entrance between kind and limit, I think that uh, what was cemented for me in my mind, was that the editors of Canada's Drag Race are going to be just as shady as the ones in the U.S. Uh, because I don't know if it was the decision of the... That, well, I think it was the decision. But every time she turned around, it felt like they zoomed in on how baggy and ill-fitting that suit was <laughs> in the back. Because from the front, it looked well, great. But the minute she turned around, it was like a droopy diaper. And they just kept zoom. It was like one scene where they zoomed in. I said, oh, Miss Thing, y'all are trying it on tonight. 
Yeah, I got to do Spoiler, this. And that remains. <laughs> yeah, I got to do this. It remains, it remains consistent when we get to the runway. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, one thing we do know about the uh, about the production is that they are crafty, creative, and cheap. right. So I'm certain it was definitely a stylistic choice, but you know, I'd be, there's also a point where at the end of the day, there's only so much they can do to save uh, the choice you made to, ma- to wear an outfit that you made into the run to the work. Yeah, room. I would never. <laughs> I would never. I would be like, we're going to wear something that someone who gets paid to do this professionally <laughs> uh, has put on me. So I've, I, and we're going to make sure that all of this is uh, in the right place. Uh, so after uh, Kind walks into the room, we get this big dun 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 experience because into the room walks Bitch on arrival, aka Boa, and immediately we establish that Boa has a bad reputation in Tokyo. Yeah. Um, which I thought they were going to fucking milk. No pun intended. For the for everything it was worth throughout the season, and I'm glad they didn't because Lord, last thing we need is for another. Uh, she's a hot mess at home, right? But here she's redeeming herself. Um, we don't need that storyline anymore. Um, I will tell you one thing: I hated this fucking. I episode. absolutely hated it, and I I live for the I live for camp. Um, but I think that there, there has to be a certain quality and standard about it, and that should just look right. cheap as hell. It looked like a um. It looks like a storyboard for an episode of South Park. <laughs> it was not dead ass because South Park loves in the early days talking about cows and aliens and being abducted and shit. Like that was their just. I I know I had the video game on Nintendo sixty four <laughs> girl, and we had to do that. <laughs> Horrible game, Lord have mercy. Um, I hate this outfit, but I do will tell you that I loved her personality and music. Yeah, and also to the fact that. Whenever, like, all the girls harp on one girl for having, like, this glaring defect, I immediately root for that girl. Right. And in this case, it is this terrible outfit. So... (laughs) (laughs) Which is... And I I point this out so much because for the duration of the season, Boa looks fantastic. Yeah, but that outfit... This... So I look back to Boa's entire run on Canada's Drag Race... Um, and then I always end up at this one as the bookend, and I was like, oh, Miss Thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just, this was not the outfit that I would have walked into the workroom in, but, you know, hey. God, Priyanka looks really beautiful right here. This, this looks fantastic. Um, <clears throat> up next into the room is Rita, who is um, starting and uh, essentially stopping her alien queen. Stop. <laughs> Am she could have. She. I they could have edited it out. I did not think they edited it. Out. <laughs> I don't understand. I can't tell, imagine that she would only point. bring it up one time in the beginning and then bring it back up in the finale. They managed to shoehorn in her crush on women <laughs> and the hot and the hot dog references eighty million times in the show. You are not going and. You are not going to tell me that they left out the alien queen part so she looked crazy as hell in the finale. <laughs> you, you mean to tell me they zoomed into the diaper that Kime was wearing and they edited out a, a I key I just don't understand why she would 
not bring that up until the finale. It just, I don't know. They're busy. <laughs> I guess, but it's, it feels like it's something, at least the way it was presented, is it feels like it was something that was, like, essential to her drag character. Well, now we have to, okay, we're, this is what we're going to do. Listeners, in addition to being your fabulous drunk aunt, well, okay, I'm the drunk aunt. Jamal does not drink. Mm-hmm. I'm the narcoleptic um, aunt. He's the he's the shady aunt. I'm the fun. Uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you some stories about your your, your auntie, your, your your mama from 1974. In addition to being the fun aunts, we are also investigative reporters. Um, not unlike one detective, Olivia Benson. So we are going to look into some interviews and figure out if they in fact cut out this alien green. How would we know if they cut out? Because Rita would probably say it in an interview. Not if they cut it out. If she cut it out of it, if you mean to tell me Rita watched that entire season, <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't be like, uh, my nigga, like right. <laughs> well, I hope that Rita never says my nigga. Well. <laughs> You and me both. You and me both. <laughs> you know what? Okay, girl, y'all really trying it up here in the north. <laughs> Ooh, see, uh, never mind. <laughs> All right. Live. Rounding out our intros into the work where we have Jimbo. Oh, wow. Who comes in this beauty. Yes, giving us uh, Mickey Mouse on right. and a porno. <laughs> I thought she looked. This is probably one of the best looks, and I can probably bet that Jimbo made it, because this is on par with her general design aesthetic, and I think she looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Except the ending of that face paint. This is probably the best that, that, Kabuki, uh, that Kabuki white face paint I know, but it bothered me. It always bothers me that it stops at the neck. That's, uh, speaking of trends throughout the right. Season. And rounding out the room, a true legend and the oldest queen to walk into the mm-hmm. room this season is Tainomi Banks in this beautiful studded uh, diamond jumpsuit. She looks so wonderful. She has this pulled back ponytail. Um, I also thought she was going to eat them girls up. Well, everyone, the girls thought that she was going to eat them up. I was like, all right, pack it up, bitch. Right. Go. Call Spirit Airlines. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, the girls. The girls were like giving her a lap when she came in, and so I was like, okay, well, she must be serious competition based on their reactions. However, what I was seeing with my eyes did not say serious competition to me. You know, I thought that she was together, but I also thought, hey, you know, we really might want to use some padding right here. You know, kind of walking well, like you know. a dude. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. You know my feelings towards Tainomi are very complicated. Oh, I can't wait to dig into this because Tainomi got eliminated before we started talking. Before we started doing yes, but I was just I was not (laughs) seeing I was not seeing what everybody else saw. So it was interesting to that dichotomy. And I mean, it may just be a matter of preference. Like she's just not the kind of queen that I go up for. Um, but. I think of all of the looks that walked in, and I'm going to go through this list real quick. She had one of the cleanest. She definitely had the cleanest. She was in the she was in the jumpsuit. What's that going to be clean? There was nothing to be sloppy about. Well, oh well, let's talk about kind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
So we know that there's a difference. And we talk about this, we talk about this, that attention to detail and uh, uh, care for fit is important. Well, who had the best interest look? Of the of the interest looks, uh, let me go through the list. I would say my favorite actually was lemons. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Lemons. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Is it Alona? I think Alona had a one. Well, they too. both had big, <laughs> big coats. Right. You know, I love a big mm-hmm. coat. All the better the flashy with my dear. Um. Yeah, I would say lemon. Even though it was a recreation, I thought it was a really well done uh, recreation. It was lined, which I thought was really, really mm-hmm. important, and a contrasting color. Um, and it wasn't <coughs> also the exact look look that Rihanna wore, and it was also a variation. It was, um, and we see this on Lemon throughout the season that it is her establishing her brand and aesthetic as the yellow. Mm-hmm. Because ain't nobody yeah. going to pussy pop her like she do. I, you know, every time I watch that, I'm like, what happened to the set? Oh. Exactly. <laughs> However. Not Priyanka voting herself the traitor. But, girl, but <laughs> they let Anna stop. She's talking about beating her meat. So I was completely confused. And we'll talk about that in two episodes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I can't wait, man. I have, every time I rewatch it, it's actually something new. What I do love about this cast is there is a diversity just across the board. You know, uh, there's a diversity in experience. Like you have bitches who have been doing it for 12 seconds, and bitches who have been doing it for 120 mm-hmm. years. Um, there's a strong age variation too. So you know, I really like when they show because Drag Race has a thing, uh, the U.S. version, where I don't tend to see a ton of girls over the age of 35. Mm-hmm. Um, or frankly, over the age of 30. And it seemed like they were just trying to split down the, the middle. Um, they have a diversity in drag from areas of Canada, though there is a very clear Toronto fashion. Well, so it seemed like they, there was um, some care taken in uh, making sure there was some level of diversity in the country. Yeah, which is good, because if this is the only season that they ever have, then, you know, why not make it uh, the most impactful right. ones that they could? And help to establish the culture because I think that's important for any sort of um, offshoot of this brand to be authentically and culturally mm-hmm. itself, right? So we'll, we'll see how that works out for Holland and maybe uh, all of this wonderful promo that they're putting behind all of the international seasons will help resurrect Drag Race. Time. Yeah. So the judges come in. Right, the 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 special thing about Canada um, is that we are dealing with a singular judge. Uh, we are yeah. dealing with three mentors. Woo woo woo! Uh, <laughs> I'm our soundboard. Remember, we're on right? Budget. One of which is Brooklyn Heights of uh, Drag Race season right on, right on, eleven right on, fame, right on, right on. second place. Um, and the oh, so, <laughs> side note: Did you see the um, Priyanka? <laughs> Said on oh, said oh, on Twitter oh. said on Twitter that she was gonna uh, start calling herself the Queen of the North, and she like tagged Brooklyn. That was me opening the door on our soundboard. Okay. Um, <laughs> I did uh, do that, and I was like, I think Brooklyn's like, okay, man. right, <laughs> y'all really trying it. Um, she was like, we get it, but you know, listen, I already secured the bad girl, and I didn't have okay. to. Okay. There would be no season without me. Um, right. 
listen, had they not plugged me, had they not put me in as a ringer on season 11, <laughs> there'd be you no know, Canada's Drag Race. Uh, another uh, mentor is Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, who is an actor oh. and a frequent judge on Drag Race slash RuPaul's uh, Spank Bank. Yeah, maybe, yeah, side piece. And Stacey McKenzie, who was a legendary model, uh, who I didn't know was Canadian. Come on, as many as many seasons of Top Model we've watched. I didn't watch that? the seasons with her on them. Season seven. She was on season seven. Yes, Barbara. She did the challenge where they did um, contortion. Child, I don't remember that shit. If it, it was, it was like okay, here's some rat. You know, it was so many people popping in and out that show all the time. Wow, wow, wow. But you remember that there are people who are um, not making it to their go season Because <laughs> that was a moment. It was Stacey McKenzie popping up on Top Model to be like, hey, here's the challenge. That's not a moment. <laughs> it was a moment for me because I remember seeing her, and this is when I was like really um, uh, embracing how different I am as a, as a person uh-huh. and how, how bankable that is. Seeing, side note, Top Model was very, very, very integral for me, uh, critical for me, and realizing how being different is a bankable thing, and it's important. Um, seeing Stacey McKenzie in particular, I was like, oh, yes, mama. <laughs> there, is, there is money to be made in being different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so those are our three mentors, and what we'll see is that they uh, alternate uh, uh, coaching the girls in challenges that may, they most like, you know, more times than not, are their forte. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a change, right? I like it because it kind of sets the Canada um, imprint uh, on its own, like, uh, in its own lane, right? It makes it very specific. Uh-huh. Um and hey, it's also very Canadian, right? It's, it's loving and sharing, and you know. Well, you know, I, I love. First of all, I was very concerned because I was like, I don't know that I love the idea of a not only a former drag race girl being the only judge, you know, to be the judge, jury, and executioner, but also a bitch who didn't win. <laughs> and I know that winning isn't everything. Yeah, winning is not everything. But at the same time, I was just like, you know, let me keep it 100. She's not the most exciting. No, she's very boring <laughs> of season 11. Right. So if I want to send someone up to send someone to judge an offshoot of Drag Race, it's not going to be her. It's probably going to be Bob the Drag Queen. Um, <laughs> but that being said, I love that they uh, mix it up, that they all had their own sort of individual strengths that helped build them as a really strong core as um, a unit of judges. Um, it decentralizes the power. And they also just seem to have a really good chemistry. Yeah. I would, too, if I was getting paid. So, <laughs> not everybody does. I mean, look at the first season of American I Night. mean, look at Charmed. So. <laughs> well, that's different. Them bitches. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, them bitches was fighting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, so they do that, and then they immediately introduce um, the first mini challenge, which I loved. Oh. Oh no! One thing we didn't talk about. It's just one thing. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, 
The prizes. Oh, that they're actually getting money? Baby, <laughs> they are making $100,000 Canadian, which is apparently tax-free in Oh, Canada. yes. Because normally you have to report the uh, winnings to the good old federal government. Right. And they want their In the cut. spirit of everything being better in Canada, they Girl. don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> they get a year of hotel sales, hotel stays. Whoa. Uh-huh, the Hilton. Right, which I think is a great prize. That is a fierce prize, and I have so many questions because I'm like, what are there black? Like, is this like across the globe? Like, can I stay in Hilton in New York, or like, am I only stuck in uh, right? And what is the and what is the frequency that I can use these days? You know what I mean? Can I use these days right. like weekly? Well, you know, Raja talked about um, winning a sickening supply that she still. <laughs> which is now limited to a one-year supply. <laughs> but she still goes into, apparently, I think next uh-huh. was her prize that year, and she still can, like, just load up when she wants to. That's fierce. A right. sickening supply. Right. <laughs> she's probably the reason why they, she's probably the reason why they, um, <laughs> limited that shit. They're like, okay, you know what? That was a bad <laughs> idea. This bitch coming in here every five seconds. <laughs> Every Tuesday, like clockwork, where her uh, her sub her subway sandwich and her Frederick's of right. Hollywood. Hi. So, let me get the entire left side of beige. <laughs> yeah, Heather, Heather. Oh, she's a booger. right. I just sprayed the shit out of this tool. Right, and then also, also with the announcement of the prizes, you know that there are twelve queens in the UK, uh, collectively screaming at their TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> They're all burning their right. <laughs> fucking sight. And Cheryl, right? And Cheryl is printing off of a copy of it. <laughs> and Crystal, I, I, well, Crystal is is burning her citizenship to the UK. Yeah. That's probably why we saw her later on in the season. She actually had moved back. She was like, "Holla, holla, 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 holla!" You supposed to get this. I'm moving. I'm going to be on season two. Uh, Meanwhile, Crystal over here, like, I have to make sure I take this badge off of my denim jacket before I walk. Let's see. <laughs> so let's get into this mini challenge. So I love the mini challenge because it's a throwback, right? It's a throwback to when I really loved Drag Race. Not that I don't love it now, uh-huh. but it's a throwback to when I really loved it. Um, and also when it was low-key trying it with the queens because... Well, you know, the, in the initial seasons, when the first episode, it was like the queens were getting ducked in water. The, you know, they were put being put on like big spinny carousels and had the right. thing set to high with paint being shot in their face. Which was actually a callback to an Alexander McQueen fight. Yeah, it's it just like okay, girl. Had them straddling cannons with their right. All of this. In full drag, right? So, um, but it was also... It did make Sahara Davenport a, a meme queen. <laughs> it is just, uh, it's great television, too. It's absolutely great television. So the, the mini challenge is that the girls have to hike up a ski slope with a flag, plant the flag at the top of the hill, and pose for a picture. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, it was cute. It was uh, definitely cute. Um, little suspicious how everyone had a fabulous photo. Well, you know editing. And you know that they... 
I don't think it was. Do you think it was that hard to get a fabulous photo? Also, not everyone had a fabulous photo. I don't think the Priyanka's photo lot, was that fabulous. Well, you know, so when you can't find your light, you can't find your light. But in general, like the photos always look crazy. Yeah. Go back to the go back to the water photo shoot or the pillow fight photo shoot from five and six. <laughs> do you remember uh, Courtney Act and the pillow fight photo shoot? <laughs> Courtney. <laughs> Courtney, that's sexy. Courtney, Courtney does sexy. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I thought they all looked. Uh, I think they all looked cute. There was a lot of screaming, which is which was to be expected. I think that of course Jimbo had the best screaming. Jimbo actually made me gave me the first laugh of the season. Yes, I remember having not watched the episode, but seeing seeing clips of this particular moment, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I'm gonna love this. Jimbo. Okay. Right, without question. Yeah, gonna love her. And she's she um, you can see her clown training come through a meeting. Absolutely, you know. And I think that something people kind of overlook is when she calls herself a clown because drag queens call themselves clowns so much all the time. Um, right. that she's actually being serious. You know what I mean? Like she's she's I right. am a literal you know clown. Went to clown college, has the student loans to right. prove it. You know, I just she better take on no damn student loans to go to class. <laughs> I just strapped on big titties. <laughs> but I'm still a clown. Imagine Navient calling you, saying, "Hi, uh, <laughs> we're calling about your student loan from Ringlings and Brothers, mm-hmm. Ringling Brothers University. Uh, are you able to make a payment?" And at that moment, the big balloon you're holding just deflates, and water squirts out of your flower. <laughs> And then they play the bum, 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 right. <laughs> so all of a sudden, everyone does a little photo, and it turns out that Kine somehow wins. Which I completely disagree with because I thought that oh I did I thought that Lemon had a no, tremendous I photo. I thought that cape worked fiercely. Um, oh, I hundred percent agree. You know, I thought that even Rita Bag I thought had a, I thought that everyone had a better photo than Lemon. I mean, um, what's her name? Kine. Kind. That's not very kind. Well, of shit. It wasn't very kind of them. And it kind of <laughs> pissed me off. Mm. Well, it certainly wasn't one of a kind. But, you know, as we can see, that Miss Thing doesn't make it too far, so it doesn't matter. Um, well, I think it was also instigation. You know, I will say one thing. We didn't say this in the last episode. Huh. You you gotta be a real see you next Tuesday or to have done that for the camera or whatever for you to have been painted as the bitch and you were only there <laughs> for 15 seconds. Exactly. Because once she wins you this challenge, the tirade starts. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the right. kind bitch tour starts. So after the mini challenge and kind is the winner... Um, we get into the main challenge where they have, it's a, a classic drag race design challenge, which at this point we pretty much know is always, is that a vacuum cleaner? Oh yeah, someone's vacuuming in the hallway. <laughs> which we all, is a mainstay, so it's going to always be the very first challenge of every season. I love this because one, I love being, I love any sort of challenge where you have to be creative mm-hmm. and just put together some shit and try to make it fast. Yeah, drag on it down. So I don't even really go on. 
Right. I don't really go up for um, the disasters as much as being able to see what the queens can do with unconventional materials. And we see how that, you know, that pans out for queens just over the entire Drag Race pantheon. Chi-Chi Devane, who is a, no- who is a known uh, unconventional materials queen, really got to show that during her ball challenge. Yeah. So the girls have boxes that they get to pass out to each other because Kine is the winner of the mini challenge. She gets to select her box mm-hmm. first. And go out the very, very Canadian boxes to the other girls. So Kine chooses Yukon Gold Digger for herself. She gave Jock Scraps to Lemon, which I'm assuming is just a reference to all of the wonderful sports being played in Canada. Um, now, the one I wasn't clear on was Muscarrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
not anybody's a design ability. Because <laughs> in this room that we only know who actually makes things are excuse me, are kind, uh Anastasia mm-hmm. and um Jimbo. Yeah, and Anastasia kinda just gets to work in the corner and you don't hear from her. <laughs> and she got, she got. I mean, if I, of all of the boxes there, I would probably want hers or the golden box. Yeah, you wouldn't want um, Priyanka's box. Negative. <laughs> Why not? I would. I would want. I'm, a, I'm an amateur sewer. I just started learning how to sew in quarantine in order to maintain my sanity and to avoid drinking myself into oblivion. Uh, so I have one pattern that I'm good at and it is a casting mm-hmm. and that requires fabric. Mm-hmm. and I would want the boxes that had fucking fabric. <laughs> I could make a real fierce patchwork bitch but I need fabric. <laughs> what about you? I think I would have wanted out of all the boxes um why is she crying? What? Sorry I'm, as I add on the keep going. I think that uh I like the material that was in Priyanka's box. It was colors that I appreciate. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Maybe Rita's. Yeah, Rita had a nice bag. Too. I don't know why they put the cheese curds. Because it was it was it was a cultural reference. I get that, but like, how's she going to incorporate that into the garment? It's cheese. Well, curds. you saw like, what she did. She walked out. She ate them. She ate them right, but like, this is not like Project Runway. Remember, Kato. Um, <laughs> on Project Runway, and they had the grocery store challenge, and she split open those um, tomato, those little cherry tomatoes and made, like, little brooches. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get that out of a cheese curd, girl. Like, <laughs> no, you could just make them buttons. If... Or, or even the first, uh, Drag Race first absolute ball, and they had to include the fruit in their, um, their garment. Did they, though? Like, who included yes. I remember BB had it in our hair. BB had the right, uh, 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 Rebecca put the strawberries in her hair. Most of them just like cut the shits open and like made them into like a decoration. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But like you, you ain't getting that out of cheese curds. So. <laughs> <laughs> My point stands. Okay, your point stands. Um, <laughs> the girl, but we also are just mostly getting to know the girls in this, this particular segment. So we learn that Alona is uh, the first ever um, two-spirit and First Nation person on Canada's Drag Race. Which is a big deal. Um, they talk about... It's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about their journey and um, sort of um, their journey to uh, what do I want to say? Not identify, but feel the most comfortable and whatever their gender identity is. Um, so they talk about, you know, being fiercely male for a while and then identifying as queer and then eventually... To spirit, um, we learn that Boa is now completely sober, and so is Juice mm-hmm. So this is a callback to Boa's uh, apparently really shitty reputation in Toronto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Juice Box talks about how apparently people stopped coming to her show because she wasn't getting tanked anymore. I can see that as a different character now. Um, yeah, you have to adjust to that. I also was wondering mm-hmm. how much uh, Boa sobriety uh, also hin- not hinges, but relates to um, the incident that she talks about later on in the season. Probably a lot. Yeah, because I think Boa they said was what had been 
It's not a, no, I've seen that recently. Are we making that up? Yeah, I saw Twitter recently. I think she's 16 months old. Mm. It's somebody else I'm thinking about. Oh, well, congratulations. Know, 16 months is a hell of a long time. It's a really long time. So, shit, one day is a long time. So, you know what I mean? If people yeah. are listening, they're sober or, you know, they're trying to get sober. Any amount of time is a tremendous amount of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. We celebrate all uh, times of clean, being clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so we learn about that. Uh, we learn that Tainomi is the oldest queen in the room. Yes. And we also <laughs> learned that the, the Black on Crack globally. Baby. Okay. Baby. <laughs> Chris, he is not giving oldest. Because I looked at, I went and looked at the ages today and I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Anastasia and Tainomi are the oldest ones there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they look like middle, like the middle of the pack age wise. Exactly, exactly. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they were close to my age. Right. Meanwhile, 20, the ones who are giving age, <laughs> the listeners. Well, we're know. not ages here. On no, the show. listeners, the listeners already know because we've talked about this <laughs> in previous <laughs> casts. Um, yes. Also, shout out to and- the amount of Caribbean. Representation because yeah. it's one, two, three girls. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Priyanka, who is Indo Caribbean, uh, I know, uh, and Astarcia's from the Bahamas, and Tainomi, I think, is Jamaican. Jamaican. Yep, and yes. and my question I don't know, I always um had a question about it, but what's going on with Kiara's? Do you know what's going on with Kiara's like lineage? No. <laughs> But I did see she was going to be in Black Girl Magic, hosted by the Vixen. I stand. Yeah, that. she's a beautiful, beautiful queen and a cute ass. Yeah, boy. she's a cute little boy. Woo! Um, but um, yeah, no, I don't know. Mm. We because most of her like sort of talking about her heritage and you know where she's yeah, from just... was around her being a French Canadian. Right, right, right. Um, and you know, so the, the last bit, uh, little piece that we get out of learning about the girls is that Lemon. Uh, lives in New York uh, and decided that I am going to hit it up to the north to be on Canada's Drag Race. And she talks about how she like moved to New York um, on a full scholarship to Alvin Ailey. Yes. Um, and how, you know, uh, the hardships of being a youth person trying to make it into make it in NYC, which I mean, I, I get. I totally get. Um, but good for her. Yeah, good for her. Um, yeah, however you made it there, you know, good for you. Um, yeah, I remember not well, really being a time, fan man. of Lemon at this point in the show because she was in a fucking brat. Well, she was a brat, and then I was like, mm, a white person going to Alva Ailey, and then I was like, mm, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so hold on, can we stop? For okay. A if we go back, if you rewind a couple seconds, I paused because I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I paused and I knew you were, and you didn't say anything. I was like, oh. That's what I well, was doing this bread. I knew you was going to say that. I knew you were. I knew, I'm not, I'm not going to go in too much. I, was, I, just have to, I just have to reference it. <laughs> Obviously, they saw something in her. Dear. Well, that's good. She can, she can do a split. All right, we're going to take a real <laughs> quick break. Then we come back. We're going to get <laughs> We are not. <laughs> My hair is. 
So we're back. And we are on the runway, which is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, I wonder. You wonder why? I'm just a joke. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, You're like, I wonder why. Another distinction. Uh, a point of distinction for Canada's drag race in relationship to the other drag races is that we have three mentors who all walk the runway together um, in a split screen, you know, thing. And it, I, I thought it was funny looking back that Brooklyn was wearing denim on denim in the first episode and not during the... Foreshadow. Right, but not during the denim on denim runway. So, you know, in that in that vein, she is following in the the um, footsteps of Mama Rue in... Uh, in the fact that she does not follow the runway theme. Uh, Jesse and Stacy look great. Jeffrey. Oh, God. Here we go. Jeffrey and Stacy <laughs> look great. Jamal's like, Jasmine and Stacy look wonderful. Right. And we have a <laughs> guest judge. So the guest judges on Canada's Drag Race walk the runway in the same fashion that RuPaul does, right, with all the pomp mm-hmm. and circumstance. And they introduce the runway. So, um, the one for the guest judge for this episode is uh, Alicia Cuthbert, who I knew nothing about coming into it, um, <clears throat> and still know very little about now. <laughs> I'm sorry about it. Uh, <laughs> apparently, she's an actress in Canada. Hey. <laughs> Big on you, girl. She was in Girl Next Door, old school, um... And twenty four, so she's 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 got some work, and apparently she's five three. So okay, go yeah. on, go on, right? Uh, Act the full, Mimi. I'm just trying to give you the full backgrounds. Um, <laughs> so then we get into the runway, right? And I am going to do these girls out of order. Oh, mother! I got you see how Jamal does me, y'all? I go take meticulous notes in this girl. What's right? I'm Aquarius and Capricorn. Oh, I'm gonna do these girls out of order. So Meanwhile, I have mine in an outline. Well shit, you can <laughs> look and find a fucking name. Anastasia comes to the stage. She was first. Well, you know I always say I'm gonna do them out of order and they end up being in order. <laughs> okay, go ahead, baby. So Anastasia comes, and I don't know how to describe like the the overlay. The it's not a capelet. Um, it's kind of like a it's it's not a capelet, but it's like a um, it's a modified cape aesthetic and this uh, beautiful quilted red quilted coat number. Uh, yeah, and it, you know it's like a puffy jacket, and it's it's lot. I thought that this was like beautifully tailored. Um, yeah. it was like immaculate. There was nothing, I didn't see anything like off in the proportions and the length. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that she looked, in the words of someone from DC, she looked the fuck good. Um, <laughs> is that a DC thing? Well, adding the fuck in the middle of a sentence, uh, haphazardly oh. is, is a very DC. Oh, yeah, 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 true, true, true. Yeah, cause she the fuck told. Exactly. Right, right, right. Per. <laughs> and then that shit. Oh, I love that DC accent. It just feels like someone's yelling at you. All the time. <laughs> I like it too when I'm not at work and <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, when I'm not at work. Um, but when I'm at work, it is a problem. Um, so yeah, Anastasia looked good. 
she I, yeah, I said she looked yeah. For me at least, she was one of the top people on the runway. Yeah, I noticed when like on pun rewatch, I realized that more points were given for presentation than it was for the actual garment itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we see that in the way that the judging sort of pans out at the end of the day. I thought this look was fantastic. It and it was like um a different take on a cape that was not traditional because mm-hmm. it, it was like you said it wasn't like a half cape but it had like a um it wasn't like three quarters like a quarter of a cape at the top and then also had a full number like it's something that you totally would see um you could sell that in a store yeah you could sell that garment in a store i think the only thing i didn't like about the look was the i wish that she had done a bigger hair that was pulled back you know, like her little because, her little bob Anastasia has a um, when she paints, she paints pretty pinched. Mm-hmm. I've noticed she paints small and inward. So, for as much volume as that garment was giving, I think the hair was a little flat. And um, a bigger hair that was pulled up would have shaped the garment and would have made a difference in the way that it looked. But, you know, that's really like splitting balls on things. The, the look was otherwise really um, um, out of this world, really well done. Yeah. So next up was kind. I remember the first time I watched this, uh, I was my response was "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> uh, because kind is wearing uh, an amalgamation. It looks like she's doing some like uh, what's that festival in the desert? Burning Man, like some Burning, Burning Man, Man scarecrow Coachella. Yeah, Coachella scarecrow thing with a mask over her face. Wait. Not wait, kind. Wait, I'm wait. talking about Hiara. <laughs> I was like, first of all, you definitely got. I was like, he, maybe you got out of order this time. And I was like, no, you were describing. Me. Yeah, I'm on Kiara. Sorry. Um, yeah, Burning Man, Scarecrow. Yeah, uh, effigy. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I like I like elements of it, right? Like I like uh, the top hat. I think the the top hat and the even the wig I think are interesting. Um, yeah. with the mask over her face. What I don't like is the waist down. Uh, you know, first of all, first, never mind. What I ha- I was going to tell you about Burning Man, but we're not doing that. Um, I actually really liked this look on Kiara. Um, I thought it was a really interesting use of the materials that she had. Um, I was not bothered by the waist down. I would, I think, if anything, this is what tends to happen with the girls with the skirts. They don't think about covering their entire body. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as a whole and the way that it was executed and then the use of the dreadlocks and also not being in an appropriation way, um, I thought it was one, I actually thought it was one of the top looks and I was surprised it didn't end up in the top. Uh, but you know, you can only choose but so many top looks. And this is what I'm saying about how presentation was, um, trumping, uh, presentation was winning over, um, anything else. Yeah. Because that's, Boa's outfit was not that you know, was not it, but her presentation was wonderful. Right. So, and, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, next up was Lemon. I <sighs> there was a lot going on in Lemon's look, and I think that was the issue. Yeah, there. that was the, there were too many elements. Some of them worked. Some of them clashed, like the corset. <clears throat> yeah, with the, uh, the random wrapped napkin. Right. So she's wearing uh. Uh, body armor from is this football or hockey? <laughs> I mean, from probably a variety of different sports. Right, she's wearing that like the shoulder, the shoulder pads. 
she has a hockey stick that she's using as a, I mean, yeah, she has a hockey stick that she was using as a baseball bat. There's a corset. And then from the bottom, it just gets really, like, minimal. There's some panties and some leggings. She didn't have leggings on. Oh, she had a, a sock. Yeah, she has, a, like, tall-ass socks. Knee-highs. Tall-ass socks. Knee- See, <laughs> the nigga jumped The nigga jumped out. <laughs> <laughs> Those are knee high. She wears some tall ass socks, Miss Thing. And she... <laughs> oh, you know what? It's a boot. The more I'm sitting here looking at this shit, it's not, it's not, it's not the one. And that's why she was in the bottom because there were too many elements going off at once. Um, she was in the bottom. I did like her wig. I thought the wig was great. The full pony. I go. I stand a full ponytail. That's God. Uh, yeah, yeah, because you talk about an, uh, um, I forget what episode we do, but you talk about a pony with intentions. Yeah, that thirsty ass pony sale in um, what's her face with. <laughs> uh, if you can uh, miss crackers. You know. <laughs> um, no, I thought actually, I it, it really was this garment suffered from having entirely too many elements. I thought I understood what she was doing. What I really appreciated was her characterization and for, um, presentation on the runway. I oh, think yeah. that made it different. And what I've just noticed, uh, full disclosure, I am a lemon stand except for that performance of milkshake. But in general, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm a stand of lemon because I think she is a queen that gets it. She understands characterization. And then as you see later on throughout the season, and even in this lip sync that she does, she is a lip sync artist. Um, and she does, and, you know, lip syncing is not just being able to lip sync a song. It's the ability to also bring something to it. And I saw so everything with Lemon has intention. And this is, why I, this is why I love her so much. So, you know, yes, this outfit has entirely too much going on. There's some elements I like. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, she suffers from having too much going on. And you notice that all of the looks that have next to everyone who's pretty much naked gets red. So I know that this discussion on lip sync is about to be um. Mm-hmm. So anyway, next is, El- is Elona Burley. You realize that every time you say that you're going to do it out of order, it's always. A- I told you I said that. I go I based know, off like, of the Instagram. So stop saying this. I don't know. Well, I just had to. This is a disclaimer. Just in case it is out of order. You know, I'm going to get you right together if it's out of order. So, so next is Elona Burley, who um, goes kind of macabre. Uh, in a way that is so one thing I look at during the first runways of each season uh, is how the queens present, right? And I look to that to see what I may get from the queen moving forward. And sometimes yeah. it's very inaccurate. Uh, you know, and for instance, uh, Kiara, right? She gave me a look that I really did not see uh, remnants of moving forward. Um, and uh, Ilona is kind of the same thing here because she's giving kind of this horror look. Uh, she she right. comes out in this long, like, gray um, mermaid almost dress with these orange tentacles hanging down and her eyes, are, yeah. the eye makeup is doing this really interesting thing. Um, you know, and she has her her, her chest out. Um which is an ongoing thing. With yeah, which is that that carries over. But the, the macabreness of this look, I was excited at first. I was like, okay, we got a spooky girl. Um, well, you know, um, 
a couple of her like next look for instance she has um there's some elements of punk where in a few of her runways the next one which is a recreation of her first look oh yeah uh, uh i'm about to look at that again i don't remember what it was yeah I mean, it wasn't the most exciting thing in the world, but I know this bitch like we... to carry knives. I know that much. <laughs> you gotta protect yourself. <laughs> a lady is never sure. A lady is never sure at night, my mm-hmm. A lady is never sure. Um, well, no, and also, um, yeah, I thought it was. Well, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I think I, I think this is a cons- consistent for Alona. Not in necessarily the aesthetic, but the execution and the point of view in terms of um, generation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still think Alona is... Alona is 24, by the way. I looked it up. Um, so I think a cusper. But I think generally Alona would fall into Gen Z. Uh, so it seems consistent with what that generation would do with drag and what's sort of um, on trend with them with some elements. So it's not even quite... Horror is really well. It's smudge pants. It's giving Lord. It's giving horror. This thing. Are you wrap? Are you are you wrapping things? No, I'm moving a bag. Continue. It's giving. It's giving. Um, remember, Lord used to do the dip things with her hands. I don't know nothing about Lord. I am committed to knowing nothing about Lord. And that is why you'll never be Lord. <laughs> uh, so Lord. <laughs> Lord used to dip uh, her fingers in black paint when she would perform, so it was very reminiscent of what that. What was the meaning of that? I, I like, girl, I don't know. Uh, something Australian. She's from Australia. Um, uh, yeah, I thought Alona looked fine. Not my favorite look on the runway, and I'm glad. I was really worried, quite honestly, that it was going to be a uh, down the line. It was just going to be a bunch of basic dresses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, works for me. Talking about party girls. I didn't write any notes. <laughs> so Kai comes out in the gold jumpsuit with a thirsty wig. It actually looks like Girl. she came from the same like her and Heidi in closet from that makeover <laughs> challenge were in the same the same disco. Jesus. It was like the same wig almost too. <laughs> they were at the same disco, but it wasn't Studio 54 because they were not getting No, the, the only difference is that Kine sold some golden balls to her bell bottles. Which I thought worked cute. It was heavy and it was uh, making her walk cumbersome. Yes. Here is my other thing. We have discussed that the, the disco aesthetic is almost the kiss of death on drag. Absolutely. And this is where we need to talk about how disco is also an iconic era that also was really decadent. And a lot of times when the girls do the disco aesthetic, it is always the party city version. Mm-hmm. It is never the um, it's never like a Bianca Jagger. It's never Donna Summer. It's never Diana Ross. Diana Ross has a a, a cover of an album where she's wearing this huge like caftan, uh, sparkly with like a pulled back hair look that looks absolutely fantastic. And that's also disco. Yeah. And it's not just a party city jumpsuit. So, you know, the, if we're talking about things that we want a moratorium on, I want a moratorium on disco looks until people can explore disco past just the jumpsuit look, which is, you know, as a part of it, but there's so many other things you can do. There's so much wonderful draping that you can do that looks so elegant and elevated. You want to reference Pat Cleveland. You want to take a Halston. You, oh my God, like Grace Jones, there's so much you can do there. And they always stop 
at like you know disco girl twenty nine ninety nine costume. At yeah, it's reductive. We get to the, like you know the most reductive element of what we you know it's a caricature. Yeah, and that's why they always end up in the bottom. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Every time. Mm. Just boo for me. Yeah. So next up is Scarlet Bobo. Uh, continuing in the cowboy theme. Yeah. Apparently, this is a reference to the Calgary Stampede, which I don't know anything well, about. Well, whatever. It was a motherfucking boo for me. Um, I thought it was okay. I did not. I, I still don't understand how you always think this is okay. These cow pants with this um, mash up of red, yellow, and green. Like bandanas, Mm-mm. it was not. It's in a game. Come on, it was not it for me. That's fine. It was not it. <laughs> yeah, nothing right home about. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and at this point too, I wasn't seeing Scarlet as like a big uh, player in the game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What I do think is important to point out is upon rewatch. The other girls are hinting at Scarlet's prowess um, and her status as a queen. You know what I mean? She's kind of is not as revered as Tainomi, but they do know, you know, Scarlet is a working bitch who has a name. Yep. Yep. And, you know, her makeup skills. Are, I mean, I think it's in a lot of ways it shows throughout the season. Yeah, it does. Um, next up is Jimbo. Yeah. Who has sewn a corset and a dress. All from zippers, rainbow zippers. Um, I also want to point out that Jimbo's makeup, while still like white, is very soft here. Yeah, uh, which I appreciate <laughs> it. Like every, after this episode, she just started slamming her face. Because <laughs> oh. once we get to that princess cupcake. <laughs> <Bang>. <laughs> She's like ready to, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm first in line for the runway, girl. Oh, I forgot my titty beard. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh Jesus! Uh, it was a, it was a great look. You know, what I mean, she was in the top for this look, and um, you know, deservedly so. Yeah, I know. Initially, I thought that she should win this challenge. In, in I don't a, think that. Yeah, so like going back, I'm on the fence because I will tell you the looks that I thought would win based on aesthetics were all safe. Right. And this came down to presentation. Jimbo's look needed some editing, so there were there were a couple of party silly um, elements that didn't need to be there. That cowboy hat. Yeah. She could have left that. That uh, boa. She could have. Uh, yes. She needed to change that shoe. And the mask I would have kept. The mask, the mask. Was yeah, kept. but um, or she could have kept the shoe. If she would have kept the shoe and made the dress floor length. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, because we revealed to you know the those vinyl pieces that everybody owns, uh, she probably should have did something strappy, mm-hmm. or even just a regular, regular um, pump. Right, would have been fine. Absolutely. Up next is our girl is uh, Tainomi. Yeah, who I thought looked gorgeous. Um, she's wearing like this big blue cape. Really? I, th- I thought that it was, a- and then here's why, because I thought that it was clean. I thought that it was chic. Um, and it didn't try to like overstep. Of course, it was a little ready to wear, 
But I felt like it wasn't doing too much. And in in that doing too much, it was clean. So I liked it. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep, that's how this, I, was I have to tell you, I looked at this outfit and I was like, oh, she might not eat the girls up. <laughs> and that's not being shady because I, I saw that everyone else had done something with the materials they were given. And she had just did some drink. I was about to say she did do something. She fucking pulled that shit over her shoulders and <laughs> pinned it together in the middle. Girl, I look. Jamal. I look. <laughs> now, hey, look. Now, Jamal. And then she had the random socks, like, just sewn to the side. Yeah, it's fashion. Shit, if Bobo can walk out in some fucking cow pants with some incongruous-ass bra and bandanas on her shoulder and... No. I did not think this was to the level of work that I would have liked to have seen. We get up to... Hmm. I thought that... I didn't think she was about to storm the girls, but I thought it was a clean... Okay, look. Okay. Let's go on to the next Oh, one. wow. Okay. <laughs> that That's a very interesting take. The next look is Boa. It was trash. Next. <laughs> well, wait a fuck. It was trash. <laughs> This is where we. This is where I saw that we were judging the runway tonight on personality. Yes, because Boa's look w- was fine, though we get into this later on in the season. This is a, a this is a um, silhouette she wears frequently. As a matter of fact, I think she wore it every single week until she got sent to the. And house. That's why they sent her to the house. They never said that to her, though. I don't think they ever. Yeah, they did. did. They, they did the episode. They put her in the box. They said, okay. No, they said that to her behind the scenes. You remember Bo was stepping out? They say stop wearing bodysuits, so that's the difference. They said that the very next episode. They said we keep seeing the same silhouette girl, and this is why we put you and in the bottom. Sent to the house. Okay. And then okay. she did that lip sync uh, where she was not looking at anybody. Pointing? Right, when she was pointing at Alona the entire time. Um, yeah, so we see this aesthetic on her. I mean, hey, you know it looks good on you, fine, but we know on track that you can't do that. Um... She did not need that little green skirt part at the bottom because there was enough detail in that top piece. Her makeup looked wonderful and her wig looked fantastic. Her titties were disturbing. Well, when you put potatoes on your titties, it's going to be disturbing. No, I'm talking about the height and the distance of them. Yes. They were social distancing. They were not social distancing. Those bitches were risking corona. (laughs) The 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 potatoes were the mask. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it, so this is where I knew I was like, "Oh, we're judging based off of pure personality." Yeah, you know, because it, I mean, it looked it was a clean look. Did she do a whole lot to it? No, because it was a, it was some shit put onto a corset. Right. Let's, let's keep it one hundred. Let's keep it one hundred. But her face looked fantastic. Her wig looked wonderful, and the crown looked nice too. And the presentation was cute. It got old. <laughs> it got real old and stale after a couple episodes, but I thought. Everyone's face looked nice. Um, yeah, rewatching this, I didn't. Uh, they weren't as bad as I thought they were the first. Yeah, time. everybody's face looked nice. I actually agreed with Kai and rewatched it. Boa fucking beat half of the people on the runway with this. I could not believe it. Let's still talk about that when we get to that part because I have some thoughts on that. Mimi, I'm first, with second, and the fam. Exactly. Bro. That's exactly how I felt. I could not. Don't come, bitch. Don't come for my fans. So, <laughs> so the next up was. That's right, Mimi. Go change, Mimi. Go change. 
This is a mess. They didn't know what was going on back there. <laughs> Change it around. <laughs> Come on, teletype me. Teleporters to Right. <laughs> the original queen, I'm saying random shit right. and making it work for drag queens. Katya couldn't Right. <laughs> so the next up is Juice Box. Poor sweet juice box. Um who um Wow. A moment. Yeah, wow. I'm trying to figure out how to describe what she's wearing. So immediately I see it and I'm like, okay, she's doing a nineties Barbie aesthetic. Is is that what nineties Barbie was given? Like, I mean if you were like if you were cutting and making clothes for your Barbie, that's what you would A one shoulder halter top and a a, a mini dress. I was known for making my sister's Barbie's whores. <laughs> She's, I remember one time I cut, I remember I, one time I cut my sister's Barbie's hair short to be a high fashion girl. She was not happy. <laughs> I wouldn't be either. You fucking hear me. You played my dolls, the queen. Get out of my damn room. I was making her marketable <laughs> as a high fashion model. Gotcha. <sighs> um, so what she's wearing this. Um, this is what I said earlier about the garments that had the least amount of of um, that were just naked got the most reads because I don't know. I don't necessarily think it was as messy as the judges thought it was. Um, I think uh, I understood where she was going with it, but it was not enough. It felt like drag one hundred and one. I felt like, oh, I'm going to go out on the stage. I'm going to tie this around my waist. And I'm going to do this to my little pop. And I'm going to serve the girls. Because the girls will do it when their first couple times in drag. Yeah. But I don't know and if she thought Barbie she was... was did she think she was serving the girls? She probably did. She wore the ugly ass outfit on the road. Well, maybe she, I feel like Juice Box didn't know what else to do. I feel like she did not know how to make a garment. You could have taken all... You look like she had a bunch of CDs. She could have taken them and made them into a little mini dress like Naomi Small. Well, not everybody has that creativity. Yeah, I will say one thing. Every time I think... I always take the Drag Race um, challenges with a grain of salt because remember, like we're, we watch the show and we're like, oh, I would have did this, I would have did this, girl. You are not in the room. Right. <laughs> it is a stressful situation. And when you have 10 hours... There is. It's very easy to sort of sit and have writer's block, but you don't have time. Right, with a camera person beside you, going, "Hey, go, go talk to that girl," and you're like, "Hey, go ask my basis what it was like to grow up gay." Right, exactly. (laughs) You know, and who knows what was made that like didn't. You know what I mean? Like you go get halfway through an outfit, it's like, "Oh shit, this doesn't work." Yeah, totally, totally. But you know, the one thing I will also say in addition to that, and devil's advocate if you will you know there's gonna be a design challenge <laughs> yeah you do and you just hope that you can make it through come in with an idea and you hope that you can pump it through she came with an idea it just wasn't a good one so <laughs> um speaking of and we'll see how that works out for her next up is priyanka who's pretty much in a bikini just, with a uh, with a um sash right with a bunch of glue shit glued and on. a fishnet um, yeah. I remember having mixed Again, feelings about this. Presentation scene? Yeah, it did. Because it's kind of hodgepodge when you really look at all the elements. Uh, Without question. Yeah, but you know, hey, it it works. And also, we know that Priyanka is, will get a favorable judging most of the time of this season. Yeah. Uh, this will also get introduced to Priyanka's wigs. Yes. 
no, we take we really kind of got introduced to her interest look because that ponytail was, was a little being, thirsty. I was being nice because <laughs> this this but this particular week on this run where I was like, oh girl, this is not it. Mm-hmm. So, last but not least, um, for me, I Risa I remember this being very controversial. So, I can justify this win, and here's why. okay. Oh, do you want to go first? Do you want to talk with a look? Oh, this is gross. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Um, the remember throughout we have said the presentation made all of the difference on this particular. Wow, your line. volume just went out all the way. Can you hear I me now? I can hear you, but it went blank all the way. Oh, girl, it's gonna be fun listening to this back. Um. <laughs> we've already established that presentation made the most difference on the runway tonight, mm-hmm. right? So Rita did have a really good presentation and a good character. I remember that. I thought I thought the shawl piece that she made, the the things that she should have kept on the whole time for real for real, with the mitten sewn to it, was beautifully done and really well executed. I thought the, the crown that she made was also beautifully executed. She paid attention to details and had the frostbitten ears that were red. Honestly, had she had, uh, this would have been less controversial if she didn't reveal to that ugly ass dress under it with no padding, with the and the lopsided titties. But like the rest of it was pretty well done, and the attention to detail was uh, was uh, uh, taken care of. Um, and also, it was a quintessentially Canadian look. Because what have they been shoving down our throats since the episode started? That it's fucking cold. Right. So it really drove home all of those references and it being sort of a campy Canadian look. So to, so now, like going back and looking at it again, I can see why she won this challenge. Yeah, I just wanted the beat to be better. You, you know, this is a consistent issue throughout the Christmas season. Yeah. So... Whew. All right, so that was the runway. Jesus, <laughs> we're doing really good though. <laughs> Before we said that you would, you could have told us we was motherfucking Joan Rivers, <laughs> Joan Rivers, and Kelly Osbourne. Bro. I was like, listen, this thing we have a time cap. Wrap it up, right? Um, all in all, I thought it was a good runway. I think the girls took um, a lot of them. I would say made good uses of what looked like some kitty boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Yeah, because it could have all easily been like just lumberjack shit, and it wasn't. It was creative, and people people did different things and made good uses of what they had. For the most mm-hmm. part, I still think that Kiara probably should have actually been in the top. Mm. If we're talking about Kiara and Tar- Starzy based on garments and what was uh, presented on the runway in terms of the look aesthetically, uh-huh. Kiara, Kiara and Starzy should have been in the mm-hmm. top. Didn't work that way. There was also uh, uh, over a month ago. Uh, so <laughs> we get into the judging, and we learn that in the top and the and the bottoms are Lemon, Kine, Jimbo, Boa, Juice, Box, and Rita Baga. Uh, real quick, because we already talked about all the things they said. Uh, the judges loved her uh, Lemon's characterization. Um, they thought the look was messy, and they had. And this is where we also start to see the issue with. Um, lemon not wearing any bottom, mm-hmm. and how it makes how proportions make all the difference in presentation. 
they do praise her for though is her taking uh, critiques like a champ. And she's a dancer, so of course she's you know been doing that. You know, uh, for mm-hmm. got to learn how to be able to take critiques. And Brooklyn naturally notices that because Brooklyn is also a dancer uh, and an astronaut. You know, let Canada's Drag Race right. Uh, <laughs> and a fashion expert, right? <laughs> the editor of uh, okay, Canada. with a purse and a bag and a, a high waisted pass and, with a corset. And a, with a chain on the side and a strap on the heel. So it looked like you were going to the club in 2004. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? She said, girl, this is not Tiger Beat. <laughs> <laughs> we're serving L, not Team Beat, mama. Like, relax. Uh, Kine gets read up and down for this outfit. Stacy says we were all thinking that it's it's basic. And it's exactly what we talked about, about that disco aesthetic, right? Right. It's the Party City version of whatever uh, the disco interpretation is. And this bothers me so much because I love disco so much. And or I that crunchy-ass area. Yes, I love that era so much. So for the girls to keep going back to this exact same aesthetic every time and it never being ex- never being executed well. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's yeah, bothersome. it's just lack of imagination. Yeah. Anywho, uh, <laughs> well, uh, According to Kine, she didn't like that. And she said, we're going to fight. Yep. And thus begins so Kine's uh, self-sabotage. Right. I also, I went, when I was looking at the ages of the girls, I did notice one thing. Kine is 21. Is she? Yes. I was like, that explains I it I did all. not know she was that young. You and me both. Well, she looks that young when you see her out of drag. Um, yeah, because she looks old in drag. No shade. In drag, right. I think there's something to be said about the way that you paint because Jimbo paints old. Yeah. Jimbo's my age. Well, don't tell Jimbo that because according to Jimbo, <laughs> she the only oh, guy. Uh, <laughs> and she will read you down um, if you tell her she painted old. For real, she's like, "Oh, really? Twinkle motherfucking toes." <laughs> that caftan you wearing looks like <laughs> it looks like a grandma <laughs> went into a house that was <sighs> owned by a hoarder. And was filled with cats, raccoons, and scat, and you just sat there for eight days. Um, you were upset at her that episode because it was so gross. I was like, "Girl, call the <laughs> you, you lost yourself. You did that. You did that. You did that." Because uh, she thought she was the only one. She just knew she was taking. <laughs> she just, she just <sighs> um, <laughs> made way for limit. right. Uh, Jeffrey basically says my favorite part of the outfit is the balls at the bottom and they're falling apart and I agree well you know any anytime there's balls all over the plate never mind um, <laughs> we're, not go, we're not going there uh-huh. today um, I don't think it was, it was not a good use of them and it was inhibiting her ability to walk on the runway because we do know the girl can walk on the runway she walks uh, the next week when they send her to the house um they love Jimbo's outfit. They basically tell her, you know, we, first we were really worried that you were going to be a one-trick pony and give us only uh, give us only camp and quark, and you ended up giving us fashion too, which I agree with, except for some of the uh, styling choices. They said all the things about Boa's personality that we said. Juice's outfit was messy and basic, and Rita, for all of the reasons we said, basically won on the presentation. So the winner of the challenge is Rita Baga. Uh, which becomes a controversial thing throughout the, pan- the entire season of Canada's yes. Drag Race. 
and we learned that our bottom two is going to be lemon and juice box. Do you want to talk about the back? Uh, you want to talk about uh, backstage? Uh, they're backstage. Kai is attacking Boa. She can't believe that Boa is in the top, and she's that. Um, and Boa's arguing that she put work into her outfit. Right, and had a better presentation. Mm-hmm. And this is why, this is why I, I, um, I understand And it. the other girls think Kai might be doing too much. Exactly, yeah. And even Stars, yeah. who, you know, gets no lines on this entire television. That's because they knew what was going to happen in two episodes. You know what? Cut to the back. Just, 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 you know what? You know what? Cut her talking out. Hey, there's like, can someone give us the guidebook to the sherry pie edit, please? Right. <laughs> you have to us the PDF with instructions on how to sherry pie. Yeah, we got a bitch. We got a right on. We got a bitch up here who tried it. <laughs> we gonna show her. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is why I didn't like that because this was some shit coming from a hurt mm-hmm. place. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with Aja uh, against Valentina. Valentina didn't do nothing to her. That I, <laughs> nah, I know, but that was glorious. It was. I mean, it can't. It was. It gave us. You're beautiful. You look like. Oh God, that was. That is icon. That I will improperly use iconic for because that was I. She peed for that. Listen, speaking of Gen Z, using an um, iconic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it was some shit coming from a hurt place. There was no need for her to hurt Boa's feelings like that because at the end of the day, Boa did not judge herself. That yeah, much. I, I, they could have put her in the bottom. He just as yeah, I remember thinking, wow, what did Boa? You know what I mean? I was thinking Boa must really be a bitch at home um, if this girl is going off like this because it doesn't seem right. like Boa's done anything on this episode to merit all of this. You know. Uh, yeah. Mm. So we get into this. Uh, that's pretty much all that happens in their very first uh, untucked mm-hmm. situation. We get into this lip sync, and it is le controversial. The song is. Wait, am I supposed to be talking about that or is that you? Am I... It's my section. So. Okay, let me shut up. No, you're fine. The song to the lip sync is I Really Like You um, by Kylie Minogue Jr. <laughs> he is saying that, of course, because Carly Rae Jepsen has worked the Pride circuit. <laughs> Almost, she is working towards the Deborah Cox Vanguard of Pride uh, performances. Because apparently, I, so I, I I did ask someone, another gay, because I don't really go up for Carly Rae Jepsen, but apparently the other gays they do. do. And I, Mama, and I was like, what, 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 what is she giving that you all see so much? What is she giving that you all love so much? And he did. I said she has saccharine pop pride music, which pays, and she worked the pride uh, pride song. Yeah, I mean, it's pays? like um, it's it's also like the reason why I call her Kylie Minogue Jr. is also too because I had a moment with Kylie Minogue where I was going through when I initially was going through her catalog, and I was like, wow, I think I like almost every song. Um. You right, and yeah, and it was you know it was big gay energy, um, and <laughs> I think that like people like Carly Rae Jepsen and uh, what's the girl, the Lipa, Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa, yeah, Dua Lipa, uh, is a similar thing where it's like whoever is writing these bops, 
you know, they write good little. They know their yeah, artists. they got good little ditty bops, and it's like, oh, I think I might like this one too. It's like you, you know, you have yet to hit like a mm-hmm. a rough patch with me. Um, like um um uh, Kim Petras. Exactly. You know, they're all in the same class. Good old faggoty music, and I love being good old faggoty. Mm-hmm. White faggoty. It's important to make this distinction. That you right about that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Carly Rae Jepsen, I really like you. Is the song. Um, yes. and yeah, and, and there, has, there has been a lot of discussion around, I mean, not that this was like a robbery in any way, but, um, but there was discussion around this lip sync, because I think that, what I think is, you have two different kinds of lip sync styles happening on a stage, um, yes. and they both are doing what they do, um, uh, well, and the judges mm-hmm. just prefer one over the other, right? Uh, and I think that wherever... Right. Only three fucking judges. Yeah, and I think that four. Well, yeah, three plus... I don't think she... Did she vote? Listen, she was there for... I think she's there for decoration. I don't think she gets a vote. Okay. Because what if there's a tie? Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and I think, that, you know, it's just preference. Cause I, so I prefer Juicebox. Because I felt like Juicebox was singing from her fucking womb. She was lip syncing from her womb, this thing. And I think that she was working... And she turned that lip sync without having to be jumping in the splits and falling out. I thought that she did that. She was whipping that fucking side ponytail. Anytime you lip sync like that and make me forget that you are wearing shit. Um, <laughs> Why did you look at me when you said that? <laughs> I was trying to look at Jiggly Caliente. Also, joke's on you. I'm actually naked right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only wearing my bonnet. Oh. I thought that I thought that Lemon did the what the thing I did like about Lemon, even though it felt a little robotic to me at points, was um that little that touch moment. Yes. Well and that's what I was saying about Lemon being a lip sync artist. Like I can tell that she pays attention to the words and she knows and you see this when she does the lip sync later on in the season against um, Rita Baga. It, it could remember. It could have easily have been her. Yeah, but it was totally not it. Well, you, there's something to say about that. It's, it's like giving uh, Kennedy Davenport fancy <laughs> to listen <laughs> again to Miss Cracker on the ones and threes. Right. So you know, for me, it seemed like they were both giving a, almost the same amount of energy, and. In a good way, because sometimes when that happens, it's mostly ooh, this will echo. It's fierce. When uh, sometimes when they're lip syncing, um, it's like oh, they give the same amount of energy, but like the send them both home kind of energy. right. <laughs> this time, I think it just couldn't tell. Um, I don't know that I would say that Lemon was necessarily serviced that much more better by her splits and flips. Um, because I think she used them intentionally. You know, normally it's just like we're gonna do eight flips. And that's the lip sync, but the song is also, and I am telling you, right? So, this makes no fucking sense. Um, yeah, I thought if, if I thought Lemon made sense to be the winner, okay. Well, maybe it came out if it came down to all right, we let's treat them equally, right? Apples to apples. If we came down to what was presented on the runway, Lemon, yeah, yeah, exactly. I wasn't about to argue with that. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, Lemon won a lip sync. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Juicebox goes home, and I, 
I initially did not get this reference <laughs> that Brooklyn made, and I look back at it, and I'm like, bitch, duh. Because um, I thought she was specifically talking about something Canadian when she tells Juicebox, you know, you may not have brought home the Canadian bacon, but you will always be the Canadian pork chop. You really didn't get to the first I time. I did not. I, it just went right over my head. <laughs> what was the other thing you didn't get this season? <laughs> Oh, the the, uh, the Celine Dion run. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I was like, 9,000 Celine. Celine. What the fuck is that? Everybody's going to have to figure out how to wear a Celine handbag. To right. Me. You know, so... Um... <laughs> so they end up sending uh, Juice Box to the house. Brooklyn says um, getting her footing as a sort of the lead drag peer on the show. Ladies, pay attention. That's how you lip sync for your life. I don't like when they do that because I feel like they be throwing I, it out haphazardly. I feel like it's only actually fit one time. Right. Like when they said it about Monet, up until that point, all the lip syncs weren't that good. So they were like, yes, this is how you lip sync for your fucking life. Monet exchange turned that out. Oh, and this. I don't know if you were looking at the hashtag at this point, but this is probably when the hate for Jeffrey Boy and Chapman started. Really? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of so if you follow the hashtag, a lot of people were like, Jeffrey looks like the kind of gay who goes up for flips and kicks and splits and shit. I did not not knowing not knowing whether he voted for lemon. Right. It's funny if his ass flipped that card and said juice box. This is where it started. This is exactly where it started. And then it started getting real fierce. When he came for Jimbo. Came for Jimbo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I always thought that it just started at Jimbo. So they've been on his ass no. since the very beginning. Since the beginning. Since the beginning. Mm. There are people out there who think that the judging panel is not good as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I disagree with that. Um, there's, I don't think you're ever going to get a mix of judges that are going to be perfect. No, not at all. And I mean, in the words of the Vixen and you know several other queens from the other show, Y'all tolerate worse behavior from other judges and don't say anything. Yep. 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 And and this was the nicest that Michelle being on this uh, was probably the nicest she's been the entire time. Period. Yeah. Mm. Well, they sent home our beloved juice box, but it's okay because I like to drink water with my lunch anyway. Tune in next. <sighs> All right, folks. Well, that was Black to Our Roots, uh, classic. Yeah, tune in next we week. We might get sued by Willem in Alaska, and I don't need to be on Willem's beat. Oh. So, uh, 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 Black to Our Roots, back to Black to the Future. What? That's not right either. Uh, Black to the no, but you know, Black to the Future in the movie. No, we'll come up with something offline. <laughs> I'm Twinkle Motherfucking Toes of the Austin, Texas Motherfuckings, y'all. And I'm Jamal. Bye. Bye. Bye.